Welcome to Shout Out Patriots. I'm Martin Moyer, your host. And I'm going to start off by introducing our panel. So we have Pastor Jason Bender of the Patriot Church. He's co-hosting our program. We have Alec Rooney, the news editor of Christian Action Network. Producing the show is Michael Moyer. And in Columbus, Ohio, is David Carroll, the chairman of the board for Christian Action Network. Welcome, everyone, to our show. I'm going to start off with what I think is a very disturbing story. This one really has me riled up. So a couple of weeks ago, I learned that Chase Bank has kicked out Sam Brownback's religious liberty group, counseling its account. Now, Chase Bank hasn't exactly explained why they kicked out this religious freedom group, uh, but they did say that they will allow them back in if they do three things. The first thing is, is they have to turn over their donor list to the bank. The second thing is they have to tell the bank which candidates running for office they will endorse. And then the third thing is they have to explain to the bank what are the issues that concern them when they select that candidate. Now, this is shocking to me because I want to know why any bank in the United States needs to know who your donors are before they let you have an account with them. Now, I have my suspicions of why, and I'm going to say right now what I think it is. I think it's because the bank is going to turn those donors over to the federal government. And when they turn them over, they're going to be run through what perhaps the DOJ thinks are domestic terrorists to see if any of the names appear on their terrorist watch list. Now, this freedom group's name is called the National Committee for Religious Freedom. Now, Sam, Sam Brownback is a former senator. He's a former governor of Kansas. Mm -hmm. He's hardly someone that you would look at and say, this is a radical individual who yeah. needs to be monitored by the bank. So why does Chase want to know those donor names? Well, they also may want to know them just so they can find out uh, which of their clients donate to them so they can kick them out of their banking right. system as well. They're going to check them and see if they're Chase customers, and then they're going to give them the boot too. Yeah, <laughs> it's just one big way to weed out all the Republicans and conservatives out of their banking system. I mean, that's the less, uh, the less nefarious reason. <laughs> Well, I think there's a more nefarious reason uh, because, look, when you examine part two and part three of what they are asking Sam Brownback's group to do, and that is to name the candidates that his group plans to support and why, what are the issues behind supporting those candidates, then it's clearly a political issue for this bank. Right, right. I want to know your donor's name, number one. I want to know who you plan to endorse for running for office. I want to know why. So all three of those things have to be tied together because they are tied together. So this is a political move by Chase Bank. Now, Chase Bank gets those names. And we already know Joe Biden and his team has been reaching out to social media groups and telling them what they want and do not want to be said on their platforms so is it any stranger to think that perhaps Joe Biden and the DOJ or some other federal agency is behind asking this bank, and it's probably just the start, this bank to turn over the donor list to Sam Brownbrook's Religious Freedom Group? Now, even if the idea isn't to take those names and run it past whatever they call their domestic terrorism list to find out who's on that, who's donating to Sam Brownback's group, the message it's sending out to Americans nationwide, because mm -hmm. Sam Brownback, I mean, he's not a small group like us, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a yeah. national group, well-known figure. well-known name, yeah. So now they know that's going to get publicity, and that publicity is going to be out there for other Americans to hear. For that chilling effect. Yes. Do not donate to this group, or, look, this is a mildly you know, conservative group. It doesn't take hard stance on anything other than defending religious freedoms. So if you're donating to that, just think if you make a donation to a more conservative group, 
Well, and didn't you say uh, when we were speaking earlier that this group uh, can't even endorse a candidate? So, and the bank should actually know that. So, why are they asking who you support and why you support them? You know, because the group itself can't even endorse a candidate. That's another reason why this reeks with politics. It's just intimidation. Yeah, because Sam Brownback's group, being a nonprofit that it is, cannot endorse a candidate to begin with. And guys, let me read a, a quote from the CEO of Chase because I want our listeners to hear the hypocrisy and the irony here. He said this, and I quote, We live in the greatest country in the world, predicated uh, in, in freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of enterprise, the sanctity of the individual, and the promise of equality and the opportunity for all. So that's wow. the CEO of the bank made that comment. But where's the freedom for Sam? Where's the equality for Sam? And then also, we'll talk about another big name, Kanye West, right? Mm -hmm. Who goes yeah. by Kanye or Ye now. They also canceled his account a couple of weeks ago also. So they're, they're going after some big fish here. Now, this isn't anything new because uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, BB&T, a bank that our organization had done business with for three decades, three decades, sent us a letter saying, we're closing your account. They didn't ask for our donor list. They didn't give us a way to get back in by saying, well, if you give us your donor list, we'll let you back in. Right. They simply said, Maybe. we're closing your account. What now was we the reason why. they gave for that, Marty? They said that we were not using the account as was intended. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that means. Intended by whom? I don't know. Right. I mean, we used it the same way that we used it for 30 years. It's a bank account. Right. It's a bank account. Yeah, it's supposed to hold money. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to tell you how we used BB&T's account. People would make donations to us with credit cards. We would deposit those credit cards into the BB&T account. And then we would, you know, use the money for expenses from our organization. It's what we've done for three decades. It's a bucket to hold money. Nothing different. Yeah. It's what everybody does. You get money coming in, you put it in the account, you have bills to pay, you reach into the bank, and you say, pay these bills. I mean, what? that's just crazy, right? Except someone has gotten to the boards of these, yes. these companies, these banks. And just like it happened with PayPal, too. Right. Where PayPal is trying to, or was trying to, find people $2,500, depending on the, uh, the misinformation that they spread online or something. Well, it's not only that. PayPal has kicked out conservative groups from yeah. PayPal. Yeah. Yeah. As well. But they, no one up until now has asked for a group's donor list. That part to me right. is the frightening part As of this As a condition thing. of staying in. Yeah. yeah. Right. I want to know who. Who is giving you money? Yeah, you can stay in, but you've got to you got to give up your friends to us. And United States Supreme Court, in a case called NAACP versus Alabama, held that the donor list of a nonprofit organization, that's particularly one that's involved in any kind of of political advocacy, is it is entitled to protection under the First Amendment of the United States Constitution. Of course, the banks aren't government agencies, but the whole point is even the United States Supreme Court, and this was years ago, like 19, in the 1960s, has recognized that donor lists to an organization such as ours, such as the, the, the uh, Brownbacks, is entitled to protection from disclosure. Right. So this is sort of like a backdoor way of getting those names. The government itself, as you mentioned, the law says... As a federal agency or as a uh, state agency, you do not have access to the donors that are donating to political groups. So what do they do? They go to the banks now and say, well, we can't ask for those donor lists, but you can demand the donor list if people want to do business in your bank. Now, after you get the list, there's nothing, there's no law out there that says you can't turn that donor list over to us. You know, this is a horrible pattern of some backdoor politics and uh, suppression of people that the, it seems is going on now because this right here, the, the story we're talking about now is a backdoor way for the, uh, to control the population. What they're doing with social media is a backdoor way to control the population. What they're doing with the news media, another one. It's just, you know, hey, the government can't do it. But we could sure for, force any of these big companies to do it or just 
ask them to do it and they'll gladly start doing it because let they don't have any responsibility to the, their customers anymore. Let them do the dirty work for the government. Yeah, and then what happens if they succeed on this and get by with it because there's no real public outrage of it? Then they'll go after gun shops. A bank mm -hmm. will say, hey, if you want to do business in our bank, Mr. Gun Shop, we want to know who is buying guns at your store. Right. right we but, want a list of those people. And their photos. And, and their, their photos. fingerprints. And, yeah, and but it, isn't that kind of what uh, David almost spoke up about last uh, week or the week before, talking about anybody who uh, applied for a gun and did not get the gun is a record that needed to be sent to the government in some way. Yeah. Isn't, that, isn't that right, David? Yep, that's exactly right. Yes, and who was behind that? The FBI. We're losing our freedoms. Yeah. So the FBI is already saying to gun shops, if anybody has been declined in purchasing a gun, we want to know the name of that individual. So it's not surprising, I would think, if we eventually learn that Biden's people is behind Chase asking for these donor lists. Now, Chase is no small bank. It's not a local bank. It's a huge bank. So if they can convince Chase to turn over your name when you make a do political donation to a group, an activist cause, and primarily just a conservative activist cause, right? Yeah. Because he's the only one I know that's being required to turn over a donor list. Then you almost have to believe that they have some ill will toward those donors when they run them through their database. They could run these names through their domestic terrorism database and see that, oh, well, we got five people listed as domestic terrorists who have donated to your organization. Therefore, we're going to consider your organization to be a domestic terrorist group. It's all part of just painting targets on people. They're redefining domestic terrorists, mm -hmm. as we know, to include parents that complain to school boards when school boards endanger their children. Yep. Right. So everybody's a domestic terrorist if you want to be defined that way. Yeah. Well, yeah. precisely. And Marty, you know, like you said, they came after your organization, a Christian conservative organization. You know, who's to say that they're not going to come after a conservative church, right? A conservative church who has a bank account Definitely. at a big bank like Chase. I, I want to see your, your congregation list. I want to see your members list. I want to see those who have given tithes and offerings to your church. So, yeah, I mean, this, this is a slippery slope yeah. and, and it can go anywhere at this point. And that's the precise point, because the U.S. government and state governments can't get those names from churches or from nonprofits. But there's nothing to stop the bank from voluntarily offering that information to the feds and to the state governments, because they're making you turn it over to the bank. You have to if you want to do business there. So you've got governments teaming up with big business. Right. And there's a word for that, which starts with F, and it's fascism. Hmm. Well, it certainly looks a whole lot like that now that I'm looking at it. It is a scary thing that's happening. And, I, you know, if I were to have heard about this like 10 years ago, it would sound so conspiratorial. It wouldn't yeah. think of, that it would be real. Yeah. But this is this is real. It's not like I'm, we're just coming up with fake stories to scare people. This is what they're doing. Right. Yeah, this is the reality that we live in. This is our society. This is what and we've been seeing since 2020, just things we never yeah. dreamed we would actually see happening in reality. And, th and this is really one of the main reasons why we started this podcast, so we can inform you know, other Christians, other conservatives, other people who are on our side of the fence to say, hey, this is the story that you need to know. You know, this, the mainstream media is not talking about this and you need to be aware. You need to protect your assets. You need to protect your family, protect your home and protect yourself because at some point in some way, you're going to get an email. They're going to come after you. So something's going to happen on social media, and we need to be alert at this time. Yeah. And which brings up another point. Uh, like, comment, subscribe, and share to everybody that you could think of that would find this information useful. Well, the when you mentioned the media, Jason, it was like suddenly this light sort of went on in my head, and I was like, well, the media have been in cahoots with the government for a while now. You can see them working in in, in tandem. But now suddenly there's banks jumping on board and then there's like medical organizations jumping on board with the government and and realtor boards and like we've talked about on this show. Yeah. It, so it's the perfect definition of fascism. Yeah. It's, you it's know, they got the media in their pockets. Big then they got the social media in their pockets. Yeah. Then they get the banks in their pockets. 
And you're the target. You're the one they're going after. Talking about stuff that you never thought you would dream of a few years ago. It's this story coming out of Vermont. And in this case, a soccer coach teacher was suspended without pay because he got upset that his daughter was in a school locker room with a transgender girl, meaning really a boy, a boy. sitting <laughs> in a corner watching his daughter get undressed. Now, the daughter did not like it, of course, and she claims that that 14-year-old boy made some inappropriate comments to her as she was getting undressed. So he was quite upset about this. I really want to know what he said, but that's not in the story. But let, yeah, and let's keep this in mind, like you just said, Marty, and that was, gonna, that was one of the things that really stuck out to me as I read that story, is that after he made an inappropriate comment, that's when she asked him to leave. So, but now because he's transgender, he's gender confused, whatever we want to call it, we need to protect that person and not protect the vulnerable girls who are in this locker room with a boy. Yeah. I mean, let's call it what it is. We can say transgender all we want, but that is not reality. That is fiction. That's a myth. Right. That's what they're trying to indoctrinate us with and desensitize us. No, that's a boy yeah. who thinks he's a female he's not a going into a, a female's locker room. He might and not even think he's a female. He might just say, oh, if I pretend to be a female, I can go sit in the girls' locker room and watch, take their clothes right, off. Right, yeah, who knows what he's thinking. Doesn't mm. matter. The, the school takes it on itself to bully this girl's father, who is a soccer coach for the school, to bully him and to try to shut him up just because when, when he referred to the incident, he referred to this transgender, alleged transgender person as he <laughs> and a boy, and the school has disciplined him for using the wrong pronouns for this kid that is intimidating girls in their locker room. Yeah, this father's name is Travis Allen, and his daughter attends the Randolph High School. And here's what he did that got the school upset. He wrote a message to the guardian of that boy, and that message said this. The truth is, your son watched my daughter and multiple other girls change in the locker room. While he got a free show, they got violated. You think this is fine and dandy. I wonder how you would feel if I watched you undress. So the error, according to the school that he made, is that he referred to this boy as a he in that <laughs> message to that guardian. Right. And there's a lot... Uh more to the problem here i mean because we know that the kid has a problem but every adult that is there saying that this is okay that this is how we should treat them i mean they, when you once you're an adult you know what reality is right you're, n you're not confused on whether a boy is a boy what no matter what they look like you know a boy is a boy that's just how it works a girl's a girl even if they change their clothes or cut pieces off that's what they are. You're so close-minded, Michael. <laughs> I, I, know, I know. But no, they're adults, and they're saying, well, we're going to basically reinforce imagination here. What you're saying is so 2018. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, people like Travis Allen, the father, I don't know how old he is, but let's say he's got to be around 40, maybe you know, 45, 50 years old. Throughout his entire life, he's looking at a boy and referring to him mm. as a he. Then all of a sudden, within the last two years, you have to consciously figure out how your brain is now going to twist it to say it's she, even if you wanted to say it's she, <laughs> right? Because that's not how your brain has been I feel no such trained for the last that, 50 years. And, and you don't even know that she is her, his or her preferred mm -hmm. pronoun. How do we know it's not Zer right. or one of these other <laughs> weird right. combinations that they And, and look, like... With? David had mentioned before with The Guardian, you know, we don't know how far this story goes. We don't know what the motive is. Just like you mentioned, Marty, you know, that was a, a very brilliant thing that you mentioned with their strategy with the banks. But look at the, the thing here, right? What if somebody had it out for the father and said, you know what? I know he's very outspoken. I know he's conservative. So I'm going to send 
my little boy who thinks he's a girl, whatever the case is, however the confusion is, I'm going to send him into the locker room at the very time that the father's daughter's there because I want this guy fired. I, I'm, I'm going after his well-being. I don't want him to be able to put food on the table and, and put money in his bank account that might get canceled if he's on that donor list, you know? So, I mean, we don't know what the motive is, but there could be a, a, a very deep strategy here. There might, might be a tactic to, like, yeah. flush out conservatives, right? Yeah. You mean— uh uh, the LGBT actually targeting people to trap them like they do with uh, Christian photographers and Christian bake shops and Christian wedding venues. Seems to be what they like to do. Yeah. yeah, they target you all the time. They know what your stand is, and they want to take you down. Now, this father, he was asked to apologize, and I guess if he would have apologized, he could have his job back. Here's what he said, though. If I say that I'll apologize... I'll be able to coach my youngest daughter for the rest of the season. But I'm going to, in turn, hurt my other daughter because I'm not standing up for what we believe in. I'm just cowing to them like so many other people have done, and I just can't do that. Good for him. Yeah. Good for yeah, him. Yeah, so he's taking a stand. That's yeah. what everyone needs to do. They just need to stand up to this idiocy because these these school boards and these woke people, what they do— what. The way that they defend this is to say, well, we're going to get rid of this guy because he doesn't represent all of our students, <laughs> which is their way of saying doesn't represent the trans and the confu gender-confused kids. But in their haste to protect these, these students, they're victimizing a whole bunch of like just normal kids who want to be able to have a locker room or a bathroom that doesn't have you know, a boy watching the girls. Yeah, so they, they, just, they want some privacy. The LGBT... You know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, they were all about forcing you to accept their behavior. That's what they wanted. Now that they managed to accomplish that, now they're all about compelling you to accept whatever they do and use whatever language that they want you to use. Or lose your job. Or worse. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talked about cases last week where if you don't do the right thing, you could uh, be fined. You could lose your business license. Right. You could even go to jail, your as employment. the uh, website uh, photographer in New York is currently facing. Yeah, well, they were actually threatening to take some parents to jail if you don't uh, agree with your uh, child having some sort of uh, sexual right. operation, uh, according to that bill the Virginia lady was trying to pass. If, yeah, if you don't affirm your child's gender choice you can be uh charged with child neglect is that what it was you can yeah. be charged with a felony yeah. or a misdemeanor she yeah. she doesn't know yet she hasn't written the bill <laughs> yeah. so, but she did promise Guzman. She's, she's writing a bill to introduce into the next virginia state legislature that would make it a felony or a misdemeanor to not affirm your child's identity and but at least have child protective services come to your home and perhaps take your child away from you. David, you have a comment. Yeah, I think that what she's going to do, what she's doing with that bill is going to have a serious unintended consequence. It's probably good overall. And that is she's encouraging mm, homeschooling right. because that's the only way to protect your children these days is to keep them the heck out of those schools. Yeah, Well, that's why uh, school choice is being such a, uh, a, fought against topic for the Democrats now. They do not like that idea. Neither does the teachers' unions. They just do not want that. And it just seems like an obvious thing that you should be able to do. Like, any any parent who loves their child would say, I want to choose the school my kid goes to because I want him to be him or her to be taught the best and have the best opportunity to succeed. Right. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to have Or at least not be a, in a toxic environment where they're going to be poisoned. Right, yeah. right. And ultimately, they're really trying to take away the role of the parent, right? Yep. The parents have no say in what gender their kid is. Bust they up have, the family. They can't defend their kid if a, a boy goes into the girl's locker. I mean, it's what's the use of a parent anymore? Just let the kids raise themselves. And then we're going to have total anarchy, and these kids are going to be a mess, and they're going to grow up the way that this society wants them to be. Right, and the thing that just upsets me the most is that these are the same people that support abortion. You know, it just drives me crazy. They they, they yeah. do not mind killing little kids, right. but, hey, this, this, it's the only thing that matters to them once they can tell you whether they want to 
I don't know, have sex with somebody the same gender as them or switch it all together. Now they're now they're all important. If you can't abort them, screw them up. Yeah. Yeah, if you can't uh, yeah, if you can't abort them when they do come out, turn them into LGBT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's 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 all about promoting the Marxist hierarchy of the oppressed. Whoever's the most oppressed is at the top of the pyramid and then it goes down from there and it's it's uh, all about right. Marxist ideas. And anything challenging it. that, whether it be good education or whether it be the family or religion, got to wipe all those things out. All right. Well, th- that brings us to my next uh, story here, and it dovetails right in. Uh, Congresswoman Debbie Lesko of Arizona, she's a Republican. She has introduced a constitutional amendment called the Parents' Rights Amendment. And the bill number is H.J. Res. 99 for anybody interested in looking that up. Now, this bill is being endorsed by the Alliance Defending Freedom, by uh, ParentalRights.org, and, of course, Christian Action Network. I want to read to you two key proponents of this amendment. Uh, Section 1 says, The liberty of parents to direct the upbringing, education, and care of their children is a fundamental right. Section 2, The parental right to direct education includes the right to choose as an alternative to public education private, religious, or home schools, and the right to make reasonable choices within public schools for one's child. So this was just introduced on October 18, not too long ago, right? And uh, I like this bill. I wish it could become a constitutional amendment. I do want to point out, though, for people who are listening or watching, because a lot of states have laws protecting parental rights. But that will not protect you, those laws, from what the federal government is doing. It's not going to protect you from what the Department of Education is going to do or Title IX is going to do. It's not going to protect you from the Department of Justice and any of the wackos up there in the Biden administration coming at you from a federal level, which they are doing constantly. So even if your state does have a parental rights law or an amendment, we still need this constitutional amendment to stop the idiots in Washington, D.C. from coming after our parental rights. What are some of the uh, uh, things that they could do to make you make a state abide by those guidelines, like like cut funding or something? Is that what That's, they use? Absolutely. In violation of Title IX, uh, the feds uh, can cut the funding to public schools. They already are doing that. Uh the Department of Agriculture has said uh, this past summer that they will not allow students to get free lunches in the public schools if those particular schools do not endorse the LGBTQ agenda. Mm-hmm. I remember that. David, you got a comment. The constitutional amendment's a good idea, but just understand you're still going to have to fight. You're still going to have to fight the federal government to make them actually comply with it because the left ignores <laughs> no, laws they that don't is like. absolutely true but uh you know we got to give them a law they can ignore then we at least have to do that mm-hmm. now uh a couple of problems with this amendment it was introduced october 18 i do believe that this particular session of congress ends on january 3rd and right now it's controlled by the democrats in the house and pretty much also in the senate i think three quarters of the House has to vote for the passage of a any constitutional amendment, and then I think two-thirds of the states have to ratify it. So um, the first hurdle, of course, would be getting that many House members to approve it. So this coming election is going to be very critical for the survival of this bill. But look, even if it doesn't pass this session, I'm sure that Orlasco will introduce it in the next session of Congress. Uh, so we need to be paying attention to it. But what we really need to do is let our members of Congress know that we're behind this amendment. You know, the radical left is always out there. They're making noise. They're shouting. They're threatening. They're committing violence out there. And they get their way through all of this. They they are a mob mentality, and that mob mentality is what really is passing laws in this country right now. Mm-hmm. And it's it, working. I mean, it's, it's working, working really well. To counterbalance that, we have the conservatives on our side. We're not going to get out on the streets and do the crazy, wild, violent, destructive things that they do. But good grief. 
Can we pick up a phone? Can we sign a petition? Can we let these members of Congress know that we want this bill passed? But I can guarantee you this. If you don't, they're not going to do anything. They're going to say, look, we put it on the platter for you. We have the constitutional amendment. I heard nothing from my constituents. They are not banging down my door figuratively saying, get this amendment passed. So if you don't, then they're not going to do anything. Our side needs not only to take a stand, but we do definitely have to start making some noise out there if we want to see things change in this country. But all too often, for so many years now, decades, we have been what's called the silent majority. Mm -hmm. We really are. We're very quiet. Being drowned out. All right. Well, look, I can't pass this up. The dazed and confused Biden of this past week. So we got some videos to show you here. Uh, the first video clip is going to be Joe Biden falsely claiming that Congress passed the student loan forgiveness. So the Biden blunders. Yeah, Biden blunders. I've just signed a law that's being challenged by my Republican colleagues, who are the same people who got PPP loans during the for up to close, to, in some cases, up to five, six hundred thousand dollars. They have no problem with that. It's passed. I got it passed by a vote or two. <laughs> he got it passed by a vote or two. It never went before Congress at all. <laughs> they never voted on it, period. So is he confused? He's, is he dazed? Called or Biden is he just land. lying? He's yeah. living in Biden land. No, nah, he's a liar, man. That's a, that's a, that's him there lying, pretending like he got something done. When I don't he did. know. He spent his whole career doing that. He just casually lies and I casually think plagiarizes. When you have dementia... Your brain convinces you things are real when they're not really real. It is possible he really believes in his heart that Congress took a vote on this student debt forgiveness program and passed it by a vote or two. Uh, because he, here's, well, let's show our next two clips. This, you know, help us with our dementia problem case. here. Here's Joe Biden trying to find his way back to the White House. You can go that way if you want. You can do whatever you want. I I noticed how much freedom I have. It was also Kamala's birthday. She turned 30. (laughs) And happy birthday, great president. Uh, We know uh, your mom's always with you. All right. So here's a guy on the South Lawn. He's at a tree planting event. And the White House isn't that far away, right? You're on the South Lawn. Right. And he can't find his way back to it. It's kind of big on the landscape. He gets lost. And then he gives another, you know, address and, you know, Kamala's birthday and calls her the president of the United States. Which he's done many of times before. And this is is the guy who's, this is supposedly the president of the United States, right? The guy who's making that comment. It's just, this is an unbelievable world that we live in. I mean, how many people has he called the president? He's called his wife the president. He's called Kamala the president. (laughs) David. I don't know why you folks are smiling. To me, this is frightening. This is a guy that has his his finger on the nuclear button. Who knows what kind of delusions that he may get into. Uh, He is supposedly the leader of the free world, the commander-in-chief of the armed forces. We ought to be very scared that we have a guy with that little cognitive ability left he didn't have that much to begin with, but he has so little left that that's what, what we're, we're down to. When Biden said that the debt forgiveness loan passed Congress, do you think that he was lying? Or do you think that he actually, in his dementia state, believes that? I believe it's best to just consider him a liar. But go ahead, David. I just think he's confused because that's, that's what dementia is. It's confusion. And I think that's that's all. I don't think he was deliberately lying. I think he believed everything he said as he was said it, saying it. It was part of his. It's part of his delusion. And and uh, it's well, frightening. Don't underestimate your opponents. I'm going to add, add something <laughs> it's safer else. to believe it's a liar. I believe that there is a certain amount of dementia going on, but there's also this arrogance and there's this hubris of these people in the classes that run our country and run our government, where. He just says, well, if I say it, it might as well be true. Yeah. 
Yeah, that sounds like something that he would be thinking. And and look at look at the comment that he said that preceded that, right? He said, "Oh yeah, those on that side, the Republicans, yeah, they took all these big PPP loans, the five six hundred thousand dollars, and oh, the Democrats, they they didn't take a dime, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and now yeah. it's it's only the conservatives that have the problem with right. the student loans because they took out all this money. And you know what? Let's just give the ten thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars for the student loan forgiveness. And it's it's just the uh, it it is very arrogant, like." Uh, like you had mentioned, it's it's crazy. Well, I think going back to what David said, if he is confused, suffering dementia, and this is he can't remember who the president is, he can't remember how to get back to the White House when he's on the South Lawn, he can't remember whether the Congress actually passed a bill or he just dreamt it up. Now that is scary when that man has his hands on the nuclear yeah. button, right? Yeah. Because in his own mind. He may conjure up something that he really believes to be true that could be complete falsehood. But make a decision on that. This is him saying and thinking that him dictating the law and Congress passing laws are the same thing. It doesn't matter to him. It's not. There's no difference. And again, guys, this is the perfect candidate for what they're looking to do because. We know that he's just a puppet. There's puppet masters who are pulling the strings behind the scenes. But think about it. Let's say, let's just say you had an organization, you ran a business, you know, like you, Marty. If you're calling David your your CEO of, the, of Christian Action Network, you know, it's like, you know what? I don't want this guy running the company, right? But think about it. Every time this guy speaks, if we're listening, it causes confusion. It brings anger. There's some, you know, you got to have a little bit of sympathy, if you will, you know, like what David was alluding to, because I don't want to sit here and just laugh because the guy has some serious mental health problems, you know, but this is the perfect candidate for them because mm -hmm. it's just, you know, I mean, look, we're, we're spending time talking about this to try to figure out what's going on here and they're just causing confusion and chaos. So he's like, he's, he's the zombie president. He really is. I really think that's what it is. It's like he's a guy with no will of his own. He doesn't care what he says. He doesn't care what the truth is. Doesn't he care just, where he's going. He just throws any old KRAP out there. Yeah, and, and he likes to. And he knows it own. doesn't matter because he's just a wooden puppet and he's just a zombie and he's just there as a placeholder while everybody else runs the show. Yeah, it's like his uh, woke employees have the perfect boss, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. right. they just tell him what to do. Right. And <laughs> hold him up to absorb all the bullets. Yeah. And it's, and they it's, had to be the ones who invited that uh, tranny there the other day to yeah. come out there and do that interview. Yeah. What was that about? I mean, you're what? A couple of weeks out from the election, people are worried about high prices everywhere. Right, the worried about, you know, all kinds of things, whether it's immigration or high prices or, you know, <laughs> what they're going to feed their family. And, the message they're sending out is transgenderism and the ability to have little kids get chest reconstruction done is more important for our office to be focused on right now. I'm like, how do you know, you know what your condition is right now. Did Biden refer to this guy as the president also? <laughs> yeah. I'll bet he did. Be careful the pronoun you use there, Alex. <laughs> yeah. hey, but look, guys, and let, let's see. There's a theme here, right? And I don't think we planned this, but it all revolves around kids. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it. It's parent choice. It's a transgender coming, looking to confuse. It's a, a boy in the girls locker room. So we have a serious attack on the kids. And if they can get to the kids, then that's going to be the next president. That's going to be the next leader. That's going to be the next teacher. That's going to be the next person. Me and Alec were talking before who fosters a, a kid, you know, so mm -hmm. this is going to be the next generation of people who are leading this society. And if they can get to them, and it's sad because we have so many on our mm -hmm. side, so many in the church who say, you know what? Yeah, there's there's a Halloween drag brunch in Roanoke this Saturday. Mm -hmm. How many churches and pastors and Christians care about that? Or are we just going to bat a blind eye and say, you know what? It's at a coffee shop. Let them do whatever they want to do. Do you right? know they're going to bat a blind eye? I, I mean, know. That's, it's that's what they're going to do. You know, I think the reason why they're going after kids so hard is they know that their voters don't actually have kids. They abort their children, and the <laughs> only resource they have for new votes is conservative kids. So get it in the schools. Find a way, when they're away from their parents, to indoctrinate them to their side. Yeah, Man, that's a good point, Michael. All right, the Department of Justice wants another $34 million they're asking Congress to give them in order to continue to investigate the 
January 6th, Capitol Hill siege, $34 million. All right, so already 850 arrests have been made, and even the FBI describes this as the most wide-ranging investigation in history. They had 93 federal prosecutor offices around the country working on these investigations, and guess what? They need money to continue. Now, if they don't get the money, if Congress doesn't give it to them, and it's all likelihood they will not get it, you know, because I'm thinking red wave right. come November, they're not going to get that money. They promise they're just not going to investigate other crimes. Right. So Because this is number one on their list. Right. So it doesn't do it. matter what you vote for or who you put in office. We're going to still come after you no matter what. Well, this what is- they're saying is this. Either give us, this is kind of like blackmail. Give mm-hmm. us the $34 million to go after these people. To go after or, conservatives and Trump right, supporters. Right. Or that drug dealer, international right. drug dealer, we're not going to pay attention to that person. Right. We're right. not going to pay attention to other federal crimes that threaten you and your family unless you give us this money. David. They're already doing that. Look at all the Antifa prosecutions. That's, so that's no change. They're ignoring real crime anyway, to go after these protesters on January 6th. They're prosecuting protesters, making political prisoners, but real criminals in Oregon uh, and, and uh, Washington, City, yeah. the Antifa yeah. people, Chicago, oh, just let Baltimore. them pass. States. I mean, the fentanyl problem in this country is absolutely horrendous. I mean, parents right now have to worry about their kids going trick-or-treating because people are handing out candy that's laced with fentanyl. The FBI could be going after them. But no, they're not going to. That's what they're threatening. All right. Well, talking about putting FBI agents on something, according to a list compiled by the Family Research Council, which is a Christian nonprofit in D.C., at least 38 churches across the country have been firebombed, smashed, ransacked, and vandalized by with pro-abortion graffiti and threatening messages since May 2nd which was the infamous leak of the Dobbs versus Jackson's Women's Health Organization Supreme Court case. So, and that's not all. So you got these uh, 38 churches, but you also have 58 pro-life clinics that have suffered a similar fate. And in some cases, there's been multiple attacks on these particular churches and these pro-life clinics. Now, (laughs) If the FBI needs $38 million to go after the Capitol Hill protesters because they don't have the money to do it, why aren't they also asking for money to go after the people that are attacking churches and pro-life centers? Now, that FACE Act that we talked about last week in our podcast, where the FBI went into Nashville and they arrested 11 pro-life protesters that were doing a sit-in and also raiding the home of Mark Hulk out in Pennsylvania because he shoved an elderly man who was abusing his son down to the ground. They were all being charged under the FACE Act. Well, it is the FACE Act that protects these churches and these pro-life clinics as well. So here's a statement from the FBI. The incidents are being investigated, they say, Hmm. as potential acts of domestic violent extremism under the FACE Act. However, no arrests have been made. Now, one particular group, and that group is Jane's Revenge. Jane's Revenge has publicly taken credit for a dozen attacks against pro-life clinics. They publicly said, we're the ones that did it. Mm. Not a single person (laughs) from that group has had their home raided or has been arrested, much less put in jail. But they want money to go after the Capitol Hill protesters. It's pretty clear that the FBI has just become a co-opted political enforcement bureau. No, I mean, as a a fact, it doesn't even seem like, like... Guessing at this would kind of be stupid. Like, no, it's, if, it's, if you if you think that there's a face. chance that they, that they're that they're even handed, uh, yeah. yeah, you haven't been paying attention. And you really have to wonder what the the actual real law enforcement personnel in the FBI think about all this. Well, they they publicly say these incidents are being investigated. So 
you have at least 38 churches. You got another 58 pro-life clinics. But so you're no up arrests. to 100 different separate attacks with one group claiming credit for 12 of them. And, and no being investigated, but there have been no arrests. Can't make any any headway on this investigation at but all. But a peaceful sit-in at a Nashville abortion clinic. Now, they got that under the radar, and they got those people's homes raided, and they got them arrested, and they're facing up to 11 years in jail for just doing a sit-in. They didn't firebomb no. the abortion clinic. They didn't break windows. They didn't put graffiti on the outside of the building. Not what was being done to churches and these pro life clinics, but them, they figured out who they were and they have them arrested. Right. So we don't have to wonder why there's a silent majority. Mm. The writings on the wall, like Michael said, you know, people are going to look at that. They're going to be scared. They're going to be fearful. They're going to be living in the shadows and they don't want the heat, you know, but, but the true Patriots, those of you who listen and watch our show, you're going to say, I don't care what the consequences, what the repercussions, whatever happens, I'm in it till the end. I'm in it to win it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you got to make a stand. You got to get up and say something. It's just not going to work being quiet anymore. Yeah. All right. In this case, it just occurred. I got down in uh, Miami, Florida. 27-year-old Christopher Manzan, he was brutally beaten by Javier Lopez. Now, it's... I guess questionable whether there was three other people who helped him or he did it by himself, depending on what news story you read. But anyway, Mr. Mazan, the guy that was beaten, was distributing campaign literature in support of Senator Marco Rubio. He had a Trump hat on and he had a Marco Rubio T-shirt on. I think, wasn't it DeSantis hat? I, I think that's what Rubio said. Oh, it's a DeSantis hat? Could yeah, be? I believe that's okay. what I read. Uh, all right, then DeSantis hat on and a Marco Rubio T-shirt on. He was walking down the sidewalk, and uh, there was another guy. I guess this guy, Javier Lopez, told him that you cannot distribute this campaign literature in this neighborhood. And so he walked across the street. He was followed by this guy, and, you know, Javier Lopez beat the hell out of him. I mean, you know, there's no other way to say it. From the pictures, he really did beat him up. Too. Well, here's what uh, it's. Yeah. Yeah. Rubio said that he, that he got his jaw broke. He needs facial reconstruction. Yeah. I mean, the guy's a mess after this thing. He suffered internal bleeding, a broken jaw, and will need facial reconstructive surgery. Now, this happens falling on the heels of an elderly woman in uh, Michigan uh, who was canvassing her neighborhood in opposition to a pro abortion ballot. And she was shot in the back. And that story followed on the heels of a North Dakota 17-year-old who was run over by an individual because that individual thought he represented extreme republicanism in the United States. Sure sounds like terrorism. It does. Uh, But it could all be tied back to Joe Biden and his party, basically, people in his party as well, labeling people who are conservative Republicans as being anti-democracy, anti-constitution, white supremacist, white supremacist, extremist, anti-rule of law, an enemy of America. And now you're out in the neighborhood and you're distributing campaign material for these very evil people that our president of the country has said is out to destroy us. We're not going to let you do that. So we're going to beat the hell out of you. Now, after that story came out, the Daily Beast, of course, would follow that up with a doxing of Mr. Monzon. The victim. The the victim, yes. So the Daily Beast reports that, uh, well, he was at the 2017 Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia. And he was once a member of the League of the South, which the Southern Poverty Law Center has designated as a hate group. So basically Hispanic. Right? Yeah, he is Hispanic. He's a Hispanic white supremacist. I guess you can have this. But I guess what the Daily Beast is saying, though, that, you know, not only was he a mega supporter, he was also a white supremacist, a neo Nazi, and therefore, what's what's the big deal here? (laughs) Yeah. You know? I don't know why he was working for Marco Rubio, though. (laughs) 
Why are you all <laughs> up in arms that we beat the hell out of this guy and put him in the hospital? He, he deserved it. And not only that, but there was a uh, tweet that was followed up by, do we have it up on the screen? By Gabal Soul Eater. And whether this is a girl or a guy, I think it's a girl. She tweeted out, if the canvasser was this guy, Christopher Monzone, then he got what he deserved. Mm. Right? So they're saying that, look, if you're a part of this extreme right wing, in their view, white supremacy you know, idea in America, then you actually got what you deserved. Right. You need to have violent action taken against you on the street. Don't forget that the Democrat mm -hmm. Party is historically the party of violence. It started yep, out lynching blacks after the Civil War in the South. Uh, it got uh, supporting the Antifa riots. You got Chuck Schumer threatening two Supreme Court justices. Uh, you got the Joe Biden's red speech where he was clearly trying to incite violence against anybody that believes that America should be made great again. So the Democrat Party, it is the party of violence. That's what they do. And they think it's okay as long as it's their people that are doing it. Yeah, and, and they're probably paying these people to say, look, if you have Republican people going door knocking in your community, we're going to pay you. We're going to get we're going to incentivize you to incite violence, to make sure that they can't get out the vote and they can't inform the community of the person that they should vote for. Right now, it's that chilling effect again. Gabal Soul Eater put that tweet up there, which basically said, you know, he got what he deserved and therefore intimating that violence was you know, justified, justified yeah. right? So now we go back to January 8, 2021, when Twitter banned President Trump, citing the risk of further incitement of violence. That's why he was banned. Just so the President of the United States gets banned from Twitter for the further incitement of violence, but this cabal soul eater, and I checked today, her account's still up. Why is that? Yeah, and, and what they were saying about Trump is that he may say something at some point later right. that would incite a incite. He hasn't a done riot. it yet, but he's going to. Right. Well, with somebody like a name like Cabal Soul Eater, you don't want to mess with that person. <laughs> Who knows what they're going to do to you? <laughs> yeah, I um, suppose so. It's it's just the blatant hypocrisy of of groups like of of government aligned corporations like Twitter. All right, if you're still watching, shout out, Patriots. I encourage you to like and share. Please share this program with your friends. You know, our numbers have been increasing. We are very excited about that. But we also know that hardly anybody is sharing this podcast. So you're watching it, but you're not sharing it. We want you to share it. Make our numbers grow even bigger so that we can, you know, rally people around behind shouting out about these issues that we're talking about today. So thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.